We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway! Welcome to Cash Considerations, Chicago Bulls podcast. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm with Jason Pat. This is our second episode of the new season. We talked to you guys last after the Bulls dropped their opener to Charlotte, 126-125, in a game where the Hornets were just ripping three-pointers. We were frustrated. We were pissed off on that podcast. Jason, I think we're going to be in even worse shape today. Oh, yes. Because the Bulls are coming (laughs) off an absolutely inexcusable loss uh, to the Knicks, a game they were leading by... What, 17 points, 18 18 points? Multiple times. Multiple times throughout the game, late into the game, in the second half. The Bulls had control of that game. They piss it away. (laughs) Just really, really a rough game to drop to one and three. We said at the beginning of the year, we thought that this team could be, you know, three and one at this point in the season. Their playoff hopes really sort of rested, I thought, on them coming out of the gate strong, in part because you just look at the schedule and it was really manageable. It gave them the opportunity to build some positive momentum coming into the season, and you know they got lucky. They beat Memphis, really. They needed a great game from Kobe White, a great game from Zach Levine uh, to win the second game of the year, and then they just get pounded the next night against Toronto at home. Toronto was also on a back-to-back that night. They played the Celtics the night before. Uh, they didn't look tired. The Bulls sure did. They got ran off the floor, and then the loss to the Knicks last night, really frustrating. So, Jason, where are you at with this team after four games? They're at one and three. How are you feeling? Yeah, so I'm just trying not to panic right now, basically. And like, I talked, able to talk myself down the ledge because there are a few things that have just gone like horribly wrong for them so far. Their three-point shooting, which was obviously a big factor of their preseason, has been absolutely awful. Uh, I got the stats pulled up here. I believe they are, they're taking something like 35 three-pointers a game this season, but they're only making 27.5%. Uh, that's down at that is 29th in the league. Only the Orlando Magic are worse. So the Bulls are getting up threes. They're just not making them. Uh, Larry Markin has been awful from behind the arc. Sadoransky's been bad. Otto Porter's been awful. and he, Otto Porter doesn't, doesn't look right at all. There's been some talk about his hip injury, but with him not looking great, uh, with the three-point shooting in general, the offense just really hasn't clicked. Their defense has been kind of a mess. Uh, looked good at times against the Knicks, but then down the stretch, they got absolutely torched by 
Bobby Portis revenge game, which of course I called before. I wasn't even thinking about that, and then I was like, oh yeah, the Bobby Portis is on the Knicks now, and he has the revenge game. He had like 28 points, hit the go-ahead three-pointers and the dagger three-pointers late in the game. So I was just like, of fucking course this happens. But yeah, so I mean, the Bulls will start shooting three-pointers better, but there are also just some other big-picture issues there that Will the will that actually get better? We've seen the crunch time offense melt down now. Basically, two out of three games they did pull it out against the Grizzlies, thanks to Kobe White and thanks to Zach hitting up some big shots. But uh, against the Knicks, we saw Zach Levine throw up some horrible shots. Just the offense, just kind of a mess in disarray. So that that's been really kind of tough to watch when they've blown these games late leads against both the Knicks and the Hornets. Uh, the defense is still an issue again. The rebounding, the Knicks out rebounded the Bulls sixty three to twenty eight, I think, or sixty three to thirty eight. Uh, and they grab like 25 offensive rebounds. So while I, the Bulls will play better, they'll shoot better. There are some definitely big issues here, and the, and the rotations as well have been kind of messed up. So what are you, what are you thinking here? Yeah, it, it sucks, man. It's like it's disappointing on so many different levels. Part of it is like you have a young team. You expect to see internal development. You expect to see Zach Levine make an all-star jump this season after he talked about it uh, the whole offseason season. After so many people also sort of pointed at him as being the guy who could take the Bulls to the next level. So he's come out really flat. Uh, we talked about this, Jason, on a couple of the podcasts before the season started. I said, if Zach Levine's the best player on your team, you're probably going to have a hard ceiling on your team. Maybe they could have got the eight seed in the East, uh, and maybe they can still do it. But, I mean, honestly, that's pretty much the most pathetic goal in basketball, trying to be the last <laughs> team in the playoffs in the East. Uh, I think we need to remember that like no one was saying the Bulls were a top 15 or 16 team coming into the season. Basically, they only had the opportunity to even make the playoffs because they were in the Eastern Conference. And to lose to two of the worst teams in the conference, in the Knicks, in the Hornets right away, is just really a bummer. Uh, I think that Otto Porter is a major cause for concern. He's averaging seven points a game right now. He just doesn't look as fluid athletically as he was before. He's not making an impact on defense at all. We saw him when he came to the Bulls for 15 games last season really be more assertive offensively. He was running some more pick and rolls than he ever got the chance to do in Washington. He was handling the ball a bit more in the open court, and he was looking for his own offense. Well, that hasn't happened at all this season. He's very He seems very comfortable just deferring to Levine on every possession. I would love to see Otto Porter put a bigger chunk of offensive responsibility on his plate. Uh, But right now, you know, he just doesn't look good. And I think that that's a major cause for concern. Sadoransky, I was a huge fan of that signing. Do you think he's worn down right now after playing for the Czech Republic in the World Cup over the summer? He's almost never looking for his offense. We know that in general, he's not the type of guy who is considered a scorer. Uh, he's more of someone who's just going to play his role, stretch the floor, provide some tough defense. I have liked some of the plays I've seen from him, and I'm by no means giving up on him. But I just wonder, you know, how much does the fact that he played in the World Cup tie into this slow start? They certainly have a lot of depth at point guard on this team. It might not be a bad idea to give him some rest because I think, you know, he is your most complete point guard from a two-way perspective. You're going to need him playing his best ball late into the year. Uh, for you know the Bulls to actually have a chance at 
accomplishing anything this year. So I wonder if maybe we sh- should rest him a bit. And then, you know, the shooting has just been so bad. Like you said, they're 11th in the league in three-point attempts per game, 35.5, and, and they're second to last in three-point percentage. 27.5% is what they're shooting from three right now. Markkinen has been absolutely atrocious. He's hitting something like 18% of his threes or something like that right now. He's been really, really bad. Uh, it's It just hasn't been good. And I keep coming back to... Levine being the guy who's supposed to take the jump. Now, I still think Levine is going to put together a good year, but this start just sort of exposed him. Like, the beginning of the year is when you're supposed to show all the improvements you've made in your game over the summer. All we ever do is hear about how hard Zach Levine works. He shows us how hard he works uh, with his tapes on Instagram and anywhere else across the internet. I think it is awfully disappointing to see him uh, get off to a slow start. I do think he's pressing a bit, but you remember he was awesome to start last year. This year, uh, you know, he, he's really shown the warts in his game, I think. Sa- the same Levine as always, which is what's disappointing. Yeah, I mean, so far he's basically got what, one good game out of four. Uh, he had that, I think, 37 points against the Grizzlies. was really big there. But the other three games, just it's just been kind of the same issues. We see him forcing stuff in crunch time. He took, against the Knicks, he took a couple just awful shots and like yeah he's a tough shot maker yeah he's like the their, maybe their best option to get buckets when the game gets tight but there was the one where it was like midway through the shot clock maybe like I think there was more than 10, 10 seconds left and he took a 30 foot three-pointer like early in the clock and I think right after that is when Portis hit a three-pointer to put the Knicks in the lead uh he had a couple other just really ugly shots and we saw kind of saw that issue in the Hornets game as well so while he has he'll have his nights where it's he goes off for almost 40 points like he did against the Grizzlies, and he looks really good. Overall, like, like overall his numbers are just kind of like fine. He's 21 points a game, 4.5 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 3.5 turnovers, 45% overall shooting, 35% from three. Just just so just not that great. Just kind of some of the bad habits again, and like, and the defense has still been an issue. Uh, we, did, we saw him make that really nice play with the steal and dunk yesterday against the Knicks, but... Way too many other issues. We saw breakdowns late in the game. Again, this is not just him. This has been a team-wide issue. The, the defense and the rotations, we talked about it after the Hornets game. Uh, it, it was better to start against a Knicks team that had a starting lineup that had absolutely no idea what it was doing. Once the Knicks kind of figured stuff out, they had Julius Randle kind of playing in the middle. They had Bobby Portis spread out. They had R.J. Barrett doing a bunch of stuff to an R.J. Barrett. It was really impressive. The Knicks kind of figured them out, and they started spreading them out. They finally hit some threes. Portis hit a few threes. Kevin Knox hit a few threes, and the Bulls just had no idea what they were doing. So the defensive issues there for Levine and Lowry and basically the whole team. Outside Wendell Carter Jr. had a few nice nice defensive plays. But just overall, yeah, just just very very disappointing. I mean, we t- yeah, we we both said, I think, before the season that we thought the Bulls were going to start the season 4-1. And we're sitting here at one and three. They have a good chance again on Wednesday night to, to go to Cleveland, play a bad Cavs team, uh, and beat them. The Cavs did just beat the Pacers. The Pacers zero and three, but the Pacers played. Uh, the Cavs beat them by double digits. So I mean, it's no no gimmies here. I mean, we can't talk about the Bulls being a gimme at all. I mean, I, I talked about the Hornets game being a gimme, and the Bulls blow that game. I, th- I thought the Knicks game they go thought that was gonna be a gimme. They go up by eighteen. I thought it was over. And they blow that one. So, like, no games to give me here. The Bulls just, they just have a lot to work on. And, I, I mean, I, like I said, I do think they're going to get better. They're not going to, I don't think they're going to be, like, a 22, 20, 
whatever, low 20s win team like they were last year, but clearly some serious warts that they have to work out. Yeah, Levine's decision-making is just such a bummer, man. It's like, what bothers me the most about him is that he just seems like he has so many lapses in focus. Like, if you really want to take that next step and be one of the best players in the league and stop being the guy who everyone says is an empty calorie scorer, it requires great focus in every situation, especially in crunch time. His decision-making in crunch time was absolutely miserable. I tweeted a video of one possession with about seven minutes left in the fourth quarter against the Knicks. Levine brings the ball up, does not look at any of his teammates, the entire possession, goes between his legs a couple times, Gets to the middle of the floor, tries some stupid scoop shot that he airballs. <laughs> Meanwhile, Thad Young is wide open at the three-point line. Dude, move the ball. Thad drives. He shoots or he drives, rotates the defense. Maybe it finds its way back to you. Levine's just playing dummy ball right now. You mentioned the other possession I had circled, which is where they run a sideline out of bounds with Wendell Carter, and he just jacks like a 33-foot three-pointer <laughs> early in the shot clock. That was completely ridiculous. Uh yeah, man, it's like if you're only as good as your best player and you're only as good as your initiator, Zach Levine just isn't good enough for the Bulls to accomplish anything meaningful. I'm not saying he's definitely not going to be an all-star this year because we saw in that Charlotte game when he gets going, he's a lot of fun to watch. He's an easy guy to root for. I've Grizzlies, Grizzlies game. game. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I've enjo- yeah. I've been yeah. a Zach Levine fan since, you know, he entered college with UCLA. I've always rooted for him in the pros even before he got to the Bulls. But Come on, dude. Like, your focus needs to be sharper. Your decision-making needs to be better. And then when you factor in Lowry's really rough shooting start, the fact that Otto doesn't look like the same player anymore, Carter looks good, but he is undersized for a center, and he's not very explosive. Uh, It's tough. Like, right now I'm pretty down on the Bulls. I don't think it's over. As you said, we're trying not to panic. But this start has sucked. It it really has. Like I, I, I was legitimately shocked. Like I was, I was mad. I was after that Hornets game. I was mad, bad. Like that Knicks loss was way worse. You go up eighteen points on this awful Knicks team that started zero and three. You get your ass whooped by Bobby Portis, and he's woofing. He's Madison Square Garden is chanting Bobby Portis's name. A guy who used to have you, guy you traded away last season. Uh, t- just to see that, and that to see them blow it down the stretch against against the Knicks, like. It's the goddamn Knicks. Like, are you kidding me? Like, it's one thing if, uh, I mean, it's it's awful enough to blow games, anyways. But it's one thing if it's a like, whatever legitimately good team. Like, it was the Bucks. Like, we saw there was that game last year where the Bulls won up by like twenty at halftime, and then the Bucks came back and beat their ass. It's the Bucks. Sure, why not? You just blew this game against the Knicks. And it, even what was even more disappointing as well. Like, the the Knicks came back, and the Bulls then kind of settled down. Levine hit a three. Lowry hit a three, and it was like, all right, three minutes left. You're up by eight. Time to finish the game again. And then they and then they just went right in the tank. Literally lost 15-0 run to end the game. We haven't even mentioned that. They ended the Knicks ended the game on a 15-0 run over the last three minutes and 33 seconds. Uh, I mean that's just ridiculous. Like absolutely crazy. Like th- th- a lot of issues right now. Like I said, it's not hope is not all lost. But yeah, just it it has been tough tough to watch and just so so I just feel like so many guys are really underachieving right now. That's that's really the one thing I'm hanging my hat on. It's just like Lowry's not going to shoot 19% from three. Otto Porter's not going to shoot 26.5% overall. Tomas Sederanski's not going to shoot sub 30%. Like these guys are going to play better. They're going to shoot better. But the, when we're talking about a playoff race, like we, these are the games we thought they'd have in the bag because I believe the schedule toughens up a lot. I think in I think coming up in November, the end of the season schedule is brutal. So I figured the Bulls would have these games in the bank 
and they'd they'd have to maybe win some tough games at the end of the year to go to the playoffs. Now putting themselves in a hole by losing a few of these games, like they just probably just can't afford it. Like maybe they turn it around big time and they still do it, but just losing these games so early in the year the way that they've done it, knowing that they probably should be 3-1 and one right now, it's just really tough. Uh, and the elephant in the room to me is Jim Boylan. We said all offseason that, uh, <sighs> yeah. you know, while the Bulls have made some good additions uh, in 2019, it was still going to be Boylan at the controls. I think there's major questions with Boylan. You can talk about his rotations. I want to start with the defense. So forget about the fact that the Bulls can't hit a three-point shot to save their life right now. How about the fact that they have no prayer of defending the pick and roll? I think it's a scheme problem as much as a personnel issue. Basically, they're sending like a hard trap at the ball handler on the pick and roll and expecting the other three guys to rotate and defend it. It's a very aggressive defensive pick and roll scheme. Uh, reminds me a little bit of what the Bucks used to do and Jason Kidd was their coach. Yeah. Now, for that scheme to work, you need really strong, really smart defenders being Art. the backline guys who are rotating. And instead, the Bulls have Zach Levine and Kobe White, who are munchkins, who lack physical strength, and who just are not good defenders. So I think they definitely need to go to a more conservative, like drop, pick, and roll coverage with Carter. The fact that they continue blitzing ball handlers, maybe that's what you want to do when Chris Dunn is in the game, thinking you can force some turnovers. But I really don't like their schemes, defending the pick and roll on defense. I think it's way too aggressive. They need to play it more conservatively. They need to drop back until they can stop a pick and roll, until they can consistently get stops on defense. Jason, they're going to keep losing games. They're going to keep getting gashed. Yeah, and just like the once... you say like the hedging stuff and the, the communication's not there. Like they don't have that kind of stuff down. So once they get out of whack I and mean, they just, a little ball movement, someone's going to get an open three. And I know some of it has been un, unlucky. I know, I think I saw some stat where like their, their corner, their like opponent three point percentage or like from the corner. I can't remember if it was the corners or like overall was really high. We talked about that after the Hornets game, but uh, still like when you're giving up those kind of shots, those kind of looks like it's going to happen. Like the Bulls defense did look a little better as I mentioned against the Knicks to start the game, but that was kind of mostly because the Knicks starting lineup had no idea what it was doing when basically when Mitchell Robinson was not in the court, when the Knicks actually was, were spreading the offense out and getting stuff going from kind of dribble penetration and like I said, pick and roll and stuff like that and spreading the ball around. That's when the Bulls just had no hope when they, when the Knicks had the bad spacing, like they had Mitchell Robinson starting, they had Randall, uh, Marcus Morris and like Alfred Payton starting live and, and RJ like they were just kind of driving into no man's land and like Wendell Carter was there to like block their shots. The Bulls played pretty good defense then, but once the ball spread out, they're running pick and rolls and they're whip- when teams are whipping the ball around, the Bulls are just kind of hopeless. Yeah, we should take a, a commercial break real quick, so you can start off with that, Jason. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years. The secret to a great shave. It really hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks, shout out to the ancient Greeks, didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it gives a close shave, easy glide, and it's at a low price. So do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essential, quality, durable blades at a fair price, just at $2 per blade. Harry's is also super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your own schedule. That's with or without a subscription. There's absolutely no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listen, listeners of our show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com bluewire. You will get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, 
a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. So again, go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. Jason, the holiday rush is coming, and if you sell stuff online, you better get ready with ShipStation.com. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders? How do you decide which shipping character to u- carrier to use? And how do you know you're getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation.com can help with that. In just a few clicks, you'll be managing your orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. No matter what you're selling on, if it's Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making it really easy to manage from any device, including your cell phone. ShipStation works with all major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS. You can compare and contrast all the best shipping solutions for you and your customer, even if Others offer, they even offer big discounts on shipping costs. Now, any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. You always know you're getting the best deal. It's no wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online retailers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of the holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation.com handle it for you with ease. Just use the offer code BLUE to get your 60-day trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page. Type in BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Welcome back to Cash Considerations, Chicago Bulls podcast. Uh, where we are trying not to panic about the one and three Chicago Bulls uh, coming off an absolutely hideous, disastrous loss against the New York Knicks. Uh, brutal. So since we are trying not to panic, we figured we'd kind of do maybe a little panic meter. We can kind of go through the roster, uh, go through each of the, some of the main players on the roster, and just kind of gauge where we're at here. We have talked a, bit, a lot about Zach Levine here, and I don't want to panic about Zach Levine, but just, we're just kind of disappointed in him. Since we've kind of talked a lot about him, uh, let's go to let's go to Larry Markkinen. I feel like he has also been a major disappointment. This is year three for Larry Markkinen, where we were kind of expecting a big a big step for him. He was really good uh, against the Charlotte Hornets in that loss with 35 and 17, but he's kind of been of a dud since then. Uh, against the Knicks, he had like 18 and si- only six rebounds in a game where the Bulls got out rebounded by 25. I feel like he's been kind of soft. He's I, we've mentioned his terrible three point shooting. Where are you at with Larry? Mar- what where what on the panic meter are you right now with Larry Markin in one to ten? Well, I think you have to factor in the expectations here. If you were expecting him to be the primary offensive option on the team and perhaps the go to scorer moving forward for the franchise, I think you probably at least have to be at like a six or a seven. Uh, if you view him more as being like a third option and ultimately a role player, then I don't think we have to panic just yet. I do think that he's going to shoot eventually. He's not going to hit 18% of his threes all year long. I like that he's getting off more threes this year. His three-point rate is high. He's just not being able to connect on him. I do think his true shooting talent will eventually show. What worries me a little bit more, the Bulls are dead last in rebound rate right now, Jason. They are getting pounded on the glass. That's an indictment on Markkinen and on Carter. Even though Markkinen, I think, is averaging around 10 rebounds a game individually, 
they're just getting crushed on the glass, uh, regardless of who's in. Thaddeus yeah. Young hasn't been able to hold his own on the glass. Uh, Cornette, when he's been in the game, Oof. has been pretty disappointing, pretty bad as well. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, Markinen's a seven-footer. He's going to be a guy who has a pretty big burden on his shoulders, both defensively, both on the glass, and with, you know, pacing this offense and hitting shots. So I definitely think it's been disappointing. I would love to see him be more aggressive. My ultimate ultimate takeaway on marketing though is like he'd be better if he had better people setting him up like if there was a better structure in place with a veteran point guard who was balling a little bit more unlike Sadoransky who's just been brutal to start the year if Zach was a better facilitator marketing would look better too so to me he needs better teammates to set him up and uh, he's not a guy who's going to just create his own offense out of thin air. I think we're seeing the limitations of his game at this point. However, it could all change really quickly if some of those threes start falling. Yeah, and he has been getting some good looks from three. Yeah, I would I, I don't want to go into a full-blown panic. We have seen him play really well, but it definitely is concerning. Uh I would kind of agree with you there. If we're talking about like this, we were expecting big step here. Like I'm definitely starting to lean towards maybe he's not like superstar number one type guy. Obviously, I don't want to go there so early in the season, but just some of the problems there we've seen, and the, that doesn't really count the defense. Like I just I don't think he's really good at defense either. But obviously, he, again, he will shoot better from three, and that'll help. I feel like seeing those go down will I think help him play a lot better in general. But yeah, definitely a little worried about him like i said kind of six seven eight maybe on that meter in terms of being like yeah total stud dude he still should be he's still a really solid play overall hopefully once the shots go down that will improve uh we talked about how porter jr i feel like there's we i think there's a lot of reason to worry there i would probably go up to like eight or nine again he will be better than he is right now but he just looks slow like not athletic at all. I mean, he's never been the most athletic guy, but he just looks out of it. And I feel like he looked okay in preseason, but now he he was talking earlier about how he's he's fine. The hips, his hips, not bothering him, but it's kind of something he's been dealing with and kind of playing through. And I don't know if I believe him because he just does not look good. So I think there is definitely some reason to worry about his effectiveness when we've seen. Yeah, so I think far. he's out of shape. If he's not injured, uh, and I don't know if you follow him on Instagram, he's always partying. He lo- looks like he lives a sick lifestyle, <laughs> which is great. And just because Zach Levine is always working out on Instagram doesn't mean that he's actually, uh, you know, working smarter instead of harder. And, you know, they're, they're, you can't really draw conclusions out of what you see on social media. But I think that Porter just does not look engaged to start the year. I think he he does look a little out of shape to me or injured. So, yeah, that's a big concern, dude. We were coming into this year thinking, wow, we really hope Otto Porter picks up his option and gives us another year of, <laughs> uh, of him on the Bulls next year. That's $27 million locked up in cap space. He has to be better. If he's playing up to you know the peak of his abilities, I think he's absolutely worth the money. Really good 3 and D guys are still valuable, even if they don't have the sort of offensive skill set where you can go to him for a bucket in isolation or to run a pick and roll. But still, when he's playing his game, he's really good. This year, he's been terrible. He can't shoot for anything. (laughs) He just looks slow on the floor. Uh, His defensive rotations haven't been crisp either. So I'm worried about Otto right now. Uh, I'm hoping that, you know, maybe as the season goes along, we'll get in better shape or he'll become healthier. But right now, yeah, he's at at least a seven. For, yeah, for sure. Totally. I would probably go a little higher, but yeah, for sure. It's something to worry about. Uh, we kind of, you mentioned kind of Sadransky earlier. 
I feel like I'm not really that worried about him. We just was, I don't think he's a guy who's ever going to be like, obviously just, we're, we don't have huge expectations for him. We thought he was good signing. He's going to shoot better than 30%. I feel you mentioned the world cup stuff. That is interesting because he was such a big part of that Czech Republic team and they made a deep run, made it further than anybody expected. And he obviously was like their only NBA guy. So maybe he is feeling the after effects there. Part of it, I think is also just him kind of easing into the system. I feel like he absolutely has to look for a shot more. Uh, he he ha- he's, does have a very good assist to turnover ratio so far. It's like three and a half assists, I think, under a turnover per, per game. So it's not like he's making like horrible decisions. I just think he's just not doing enough of anything, which has been disappointing. And he's obviously just hasn't shot well when he has shot the ball when you're shooting under 30% overall. And he's only like, like 22% from three on pretty low volume. So I'm really not worried about him. He, he will be better. He'll start making threes. I just want him to actually just do more. Uh, to slightly alter the topic... I'm curious what you think about all of these three-point guard lineups. Typically, we're yeah, doing okay. that on the bench with Archie Diakono, Chris Dunn, and Kobe White. Uh, it speaks to the Bulls' lack of wing depth, which is something everyone's yes. been talking about throughout the offseason. Uh, it becomes more apparent when Chandler Hutchison's hurt and when Otto Porter's playing like trash. So what do you think of these three-point guard lineups? Do you think that Boylan uh, should try some Fed Young at the three? Do you think he should experiment with some Denzel minutes? What, what should Boylan do on this? Because uh, it's it's obviously not been great for them so far. Yeah, offensively, it's been awful. I was looking up some lineup data earlier, and it's like a sub-90 offensive rating when it's uh, when you got like Dunn, Kobe White, Arch Giacchino. They have been really good defensively. I think the D rating was like 94, 95, which is obviously great. But, I mean, when it's what the lineups that they've been doing is they take – uh, Boylan will take Wendell out early, and then it'll end up being like in the second quarter. It'll be like uh, Arch – Kobe, Dunn, Thad Young, and Wendell Carter Jr. And if Kobe White's not cooking, I don't know where that offense is coming from. Thad did have kind of bailed him out at some points yesterday. Archie Jackson hit like a crazy miracle three-pointer again in the early in the fourth quarter against the Knicks with a uh, shot clock running down. But in general, just like there's just with Dunn playing, his offense is still absolutely awful. Dunn played pretty well uh, in that Hornets game, but since then. Uh, he was he's like four of twenty shooting over the last three games. He has not hit a three pointer yet this season. Uh, his layup attempts are just a joke. He put up a, he barely hit rim on like three layups yesterday. So there's not that much offense out there. So like maybe you try Denzel. Like I mean Denzel looked terrible in preseason, but I I mean it might help to get another pl- uh, shooter playmaker out there. Uh, maybe you try Sadoransky at the three and change up some rotations there. Uh, but I do think they kind of need to change that rotation up because they've been going. Boylan's been kind of running like those 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 uh, bench lineups for like super long. When you, I know I know Levine, Lowry, and Porter haven't been great, but I feel like when they're going really long time without any of those guys on the floor, you're just asking for trouble offensively. That's just so much so much pressure on Kobe White to do well. And obviously he he picked them up in that Grizzlies game. He had a huge game. You really you can't be depending on Kobe White to go out there and do everything for you on that second unit. They really they need to stack maybe stagger the rotations better. Maybe try Denzel out, do something different because I, those three guys together it's kind of tough to watch. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I I get you know that lineup in that you're putting your two best front court defenders with the three guards, thinking that they'll be able to cover a lot of their mistakes, but it just doesn't work out. I actually like Dunn on the second unit. I think that you know is your is your backup point guard? He's okay. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Alfred Payton, though. Watching Alfred Payton yeah. 
on the Knicks yep. the other night. Those two guys have a very similar game. Alfred Payton signed a two-year, $16 million deal. Is it really worth it? $8 million a year for Chris Dunn. That's something the Bulls will have to ask themselves when they already have Archie Diacono and White under contract. Kobe has obviously been impressive. Uh, you know, to be scoring you know, 20 plus points in the NBA as a 19 year old is awesome. He still has a lot of holes in his game though. I feel like he just needs to, he's like a pitcher who needs to learn an off speed pitch right now. All he's got is the gas. And when the gas, when he can't locate the fastball, it's like, uh, how effective can he really be? So I think Kobe's been fun to watch. I love when Kobe gets minutes. He didn't get enough minutes against the Knicks. He only got 16 minutes. That's weird. That game. Uh, very strange. Wonder what Boylan was thinking on that, but yeah, man, they, Boylan's got to switch up the lineups. I think Boylan has been a major question mark thus far, and it's something that Garpax is going to have to answer for if this team is, again, winning in the 20s at the end of the year. Like, I don't know if we need to jump that far ahead yet because it's only been four games, no. but... Yeah. Trying not dude, to panic. <laughs> the, the pressure is going to be on Paxson and on uh, Boylan if this doesn't work out, I don't think Paxson wants to fire Boylan because Boylan says all the right things, kisses ass 24 uh, seven. He's easy to manage. He's easy to work with, but he sucks. He's got to be better. The Bulls <laughs> at, you know, one and three to start this season, just not good enough. Jason, it's been a big disappointment. It, totally agree. Uh, finish off here. It's real. I feel like a, some uh, popular sentiment among fans, especially after Kobe white, having that big game, uh, get him in the starting lineup. And with Sadoransky struggling, I feel like as good as he looked there again. I don't think put starting him is really the answer to anything. I playing play, he should have played more minutes against the Knicks for sure. But like uh, after like a few games, I don't want to make that panic move. I feel like Kobe is in a perfect position as like a six man microwave score type, and I feel like thrusting him into the starting lineup and trying to get him with those other guys would be a mistake right now. Maybe if things start going off the rails and they keep and Sadoransky continues to struggle and they just need Kobe White and if especially if this I mean if the season obviously gets to a point where the season's lost you might as well start him because you might as well look to the future but I feel like that that's I feel like the start Kobe White talk is premature do you agree yeah I totally agree I mean he's great on the bench as a microwave scorer he really doesn't know how to run an offense yet and I think that you need his scoring punch on the bench like when those bench yeah. lineups are in no one but him and Thad can right. score uh so yeah I, I like keeping him on the bench uh looking ahead a little bit they got the Cavs and the Pistons and the Pacers this is their next three games. Dude, go 3-0 and in those games, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they could. The, like I said, the Pacers are have been garbage. Uh, the Pistons still don't have Blake Griffin. They have looked pretty D-Rose good. D-Rose has looked pretty man. good. Uh, Drummond has been great. I'm pretty sure Tony Snell has been doing some good things with them. I think Kennard has been pretty good. But, I mean, these are winnable games. The, the division outside of... Uh, the Bucks are those games are, are games you can win. The, like I said, the Pacers are still trying to find themselves without Victor Oladipo. The Pacers have a terrible bench. The Pistons are missing Blake Griffin. The Cavs are the Cavs. The Cavs should be worse than the Bulls. Like as bad as the Bulls have looked, they do they have some winnable games, but they just have to finish them because again they had winnable games against the Hornets uh, and the and the Knicks and they blew them. So no, no game is a gimme right now for the Bulls. They have to play better. They have to finish. Because twice now that they've gone up and it looked like they should have won these games and they've blown it. So they just got to come out and play a complete game. We really haven't seen them play a complete game. Hopefully that will start Wednesday night against the Cavs in Cleveland. And then hopefully they can maybe build some momentum there. Because right now it's been kind of ugly. But again, we're trying not to panic. That has been the theme of this podcast. 
uh, and yeah, hopefully they can and they can uh, start playing better moving forward. Any final thoughts? Ricky? I want to see the pick and roll defense get better. Right now, it totally sucks, and you're not going to be able to win at all if you can't defend a pick and roll. Everyone's running that in the NBA. I think they're way too aggressive. Go to a more conservative scheme, uh, and then Zach Levine, like get your head out of your ass, man. Like start making some better decisions. <laughs> start being the player you believe that you are. I believe the jump shots for Markkanen, for Porter, are going to start falling eventually. And, yeah, this start has sucked. <laughs> it has sucked. That, is, that has been the theme. Start has sucked. We're trying not to panic. We'll see how the Bulls do moving forward. That has been us, Cash Consideration, Chicago Bulls podcast. We are a Blue Wire podcast. So, oh, as always, shout out to Blue Wire at Blue Wire Pods. Go follow us on Twitter. Go follow all the other great Blue Wire pods, not only NBA pods, tons of other sports and other uh, great stuff out there as well. Uh, as always, please rate and review us wherever you listen to your pods. Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, all that fun stuff. So, for Jason and Ricky, it's been Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We will talk to you later, guys. Take it easy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.